Hey listeners, before we get started, there's a new podcast out there. Check out Cardio Coombs Cafe with host Aaron Coombs. Join him weekly as he talks about everyday life matters and his personal passions. Find Cardio Coombs Cafe wherever you stream podcasts. Welcome to What's Your Hustle? In this episode, I have a chat with Nora, the owner and creative director of Bud and Bloom. We talk about how her passion for art developed into a business that uses cannabis leaves and floral arrangements and the art installations that come with it, as well as bringing awareness to break the stereotype of cannabis use in its many forms. So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle, Bud and Bloom, with my guest, Nora. Hey guys, it's Halima with What's Your Hustle. I have a couple guests with me. I have Nora and Maya. You'll hear her in the background panting. Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. <laughs> Nora is here because what is your role at Bud and Bloom? Um, so I am the owner and creative director of Bud and Bloom. And what is Bud and Bloom? So Bud and Bloom is a floral design studio that allows uh, legal age clientele to incorporate cannabis if they so choose. And what was the inspiration behind Bud and Bloom? Um, that's a tough question. Uh, honestly, I come from a background of social services, um, but originally my heart has always been with the arts, and I wanted to be a fashion designer growing up. Um, yeah, so I actually <laughs> went to school for fashion and graphic design and yeah. thought I wanted to pursue a creative career, but unfortunately, uh, I had too many people telling me that I should be more realistic and get a real degree and yada, yada, yada. So it's the, the people that don't quite understand passion, yeah. and inspiration, and the drive for creativity. Totally, and I think it is just, it's still part it's getting better but it's still part of you know that traditional upbringing that yeah um being a starving artist isn't really appropriate and so it's more like you can be an artist um and explore your creativity as a kid but then as we get older it's it's just oh that's a hobby yeah it's not an appropriate career you have to pay bills and be responsible yeah grow up is basically what right people tell you so i did um and i pursued psychology which took me down the social um, services field and I unfortunately ended up with an anxiety disorder coming to the surface because uh, I was doing frontline work for five years um, and just a whole lot of like bureaucracy and I'm not someone that deals with um, being quiet when things are not being done properly or there are people being taken advantage of and of course uh, it's the most vulnerable population that I was working with and the bureaucracy was really negatively affecting them. So every time I tried to create change, um, I was met with a lot of pushback. And finally at the end I said, no, I'm done. I need to go back to where my heart originally was. And that's the creative, um, field. And I knew I didn't want to do paintings. I had already tried that. And it's really tough to do abstract painting in Edmonton and (laughs) make a living. So I was like, no, that's just, that can be just a hobby. Um, But digging through everything, I was like, well, you know, I've always really liked flowers and um, floristry was something that was in the back of my mind is like, oh, when you retire, you can explore that. Right. And then I thought, well, 
why don't I just look at this more? Yeah. And how else can I combine like the advocate in me? Um, obviously I forgot to mention that I was medicating with cannabis for my anxiety. I chose not to do prescription medication. Um, and yeah, the plant is, is just phenomenal. So it obviously is a very important part of my life, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just sat there and was like, Oh, this is, I might be onto something here. Yeah. Why don't I do a floral design studio that incorporates cannabis? Amazing. And there we are. There we are. <laughs> uh, you mentioned also that it's your first wedding season. You were saying a little bit about it's a whole sort of new beast that you're tackling. How is it going so far? Um, It's quite overwhelming in the best possible way. I guess I just didn't expect. I, I've heard from a lot of people beginning in um, the floral field that or any really like wedding industry related field that the first year is really tough yeah. and really not to expect to book much. Um, but that has not been the case. <laughs> Which is so, amazing. It is. Yeah. It is such a, yeah, it's such a wonderful surprise. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like I, I said earlier, I w- I've been doing proposals all day and um, it's just been like back to back consults and not like anything else I've done in this last year obviously so I'm trying to make sure I still get my like hands-on time with my flowers Mm -hmm. as well as how like admin heavy it's been um but no I'm really really excited there's a whole new world of challenges that's obviously going to come with weddings um but I found that over this last year I started out with arrangements because that's where I was comfortable obviously um and then the more training I took Um, I did the floral design program at Mount Royal, um, and the more I learned, the more the artist in me came out and wanted to do bigger and bigger things and sculptures and installs. So that's really where things have picked up in the last um, six months or so, and I'm starting to see a lot more of that work now. So with weddings, it's like I'm combining where I started with arrangements, which are obviously like centerpieces and um, like cake table arrangements, and you're always going to need to have that skill set to yes. build just an arrangement but now it's coming with these brides that want floral chandeliers <laughs> and these crazy installs that they've seen like okay she's a floral designer not a florist I can take this crazy vision to her yeah and she's the crazy person that'll make it work so, <laughs> so I am really excited um to yeah see how those two come together and for it being your first wedding season how old is but in bloom but in bloom turned one on February twelfth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so, so yeah, it's um, everything has. I'm very very grateful. I mean, for where I am because I know first year of business is the hardest. Yeah. Um, so we didn't fail in our first year. <laughs> yay, yay. Um, but yeah, it's now it's like someone compared having a business to well, it's been compared many times to having a baby. Um, I'd like to think not as painful. <laughs> I don't know, (laughs) but in the context of like your first year, you're really learning the basics and just figuring out your world and how to crawl and how to walk. And, and that really is the same for business where you have no idea you can, I mean, I'm sure if you go to school for business and just have more of like a background in business related things, you, it might be a little different, but I don't think with anything, it's like you have to have a product of some sort or a service and that's really what's growing. Like your business grows to support that. that. Absolutely. It's taking your idea and your passion of wanting to be an artist and, well, how can I make this practical? 
Which is a daunting task. It is. And there's no other way to go about it than to just break it into the little pieces and explore and try to have fun. Um, Because honestly, I think that's that's what made the first year a success rather than a failure. And really like starting small. So many people have asked me, well, why don't you have a storefront? Because I just have a small um, studio that I rent out of a construction company, like their warehouse. We share a space there and it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a huge mistake that you make first year of business is taking these loans out and starting with crazy overhead why would you do that yeah, to yourself absolutely so i haven't done that and i that's also a, a portion yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and it goes back to the same like how anything has you we've seen those memes like how anything has started like amazon started in the mm-hmm. person's office or you know it started in a garage it started in your dorm room it's it's something that starts really small and you know take your baby steps because it's just it's gonna take time to nurture it yeah and you can't rush into something and get so overwhelmed that you stop wanting to do it. Absolutely. And, it and you can't, being you can't be impatient because then it doesn't grow properly. Absolutely. Like when you yeah, yell at a child for having like appropriate emotional um, reactions, yeah. they're not going to develop into like an emotionally regulated toddler. Yeah. They're going to need more work later on. Yeah. And it's the same with business. Absolutely. Where do you find the inspiration from for your arrangements? Um, yeah, so it's another tough question, but I always like to break it down into um, the difference between what they call creatives and non-creatives, even though I do personally believe that everyone obviously has the ability to be creative. Um, but yeah, creatives do tend to look at the world um, with the same lens all the time. So when mm-hmm. I see something that I like, uh, my brain automatically goes to what it. What about it? Do I like? Is mm-hmm. it um, the shape? Is it the color? Is it the overall composition? Um, and it's it's on like autopilot. So it's not like I know I'm doing these things. Right. I'm aware of it, but it's automatic. Um, and then yeah, if you go and look at my portfolio or whatever I'm working on at the time, you'll see the same things that I'm gravitating to in life in my work. It's definitely emotional. Yes, <laughs> that's that's a big part of it too. Yeah. Is yeah, emotionally where I'm at. Um, you can tell through my work. So if you start seeing things are getting darker on Button Bloom's page, I don't know, I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but it's getting angsty. <laughs> and you're working through it. Because and I it, it's it's your form of therapy that you have developed through your creativity absolutely and i'm assuming that with wedding season coming up you would get to know the couples and what they're like what they don't like how they vibe together and i'm sure that feeds a lot into your arrangements oh absolutely designing for others versus designing for myself also plays a role in inspiration because if i'm designing for a wedding then it's the couple that's my inspiration and their story and what they want their vision to be. I really try to tap into that energy. What drew you into the idea of using cannabis leaves in your business? Um, so I actually wrote for a cannabis blog um, a couple years back. And when I was looking at unique ideas to get you know, a cannabis connoisseur, uh, florals came up and I had noticed um, that they were using bud, but not so much the leaves. And I was like, well, the plant is beautiful. Why wouldn't you try to put it into arrangements? And then when I started 
uh, I found out it's because cannabis itself is a very, very finicky plant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like any other house plant. Um, Ooh, has stored at a specific temperature. Oh yeah, grown at a specific temperature. Yeah, the light yeah. cycles, the medium it's grown in, um, pH. Like I've tried growing my own, um, and it's it's a work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's leave it at that. It's, it's work. It's work. Um, but it also is a very. Um, I I've quickly found out that other florists weren't using it or probably hadn't used it. Um, one because it's not legal in most places, yeah. and two because it isn't uh, like a branch or or leaf or like green that you really see all the time. All the time, yeah. and it's not um, the same process. You need to really learn about both the plant um, and floristry and horticulture and. And it took a year of me experimenting with it to mm-hmm. figure out how to properly use it in arrangements um, versus use it in installs and like different um, creative work. So I am very much cautioning people now that it's getting to be popular, um, not to just go to any florist because if they're especially for an event or a wedding, if they're not um, properly processed, they will not last the day. Like the leaves will wilt and fail on you within sometimes like minutes what is it about using cannabis leaves in your floor arrangement do you think draws people in do you find it that it's a specific niche at first yes uh i definitely think it began with uh, cannabis consumers and people who have been um, in the cannabis community for a while that were drawn to it Uh, But now I'm starting to see a lot more people that are new consumers or aren't consumers at all and are just interested because it's a really great way um, to start accepting the plant. Mm -hmm. It's a step that's not so scary. Yeah, because it's the the most common comment I got when I did farmer's markets last year and I brought cannabis leaves uh, to my booth was, oh my God, it's just a plant. They forget. People forget. And I think this is, it really was something I hoped would be a byproduct. I didn't want to make it um, preachy in any way, but I hope that normalization um, would sort of happen. Acceptance. Through it, yeah. Um, And I'm seeing that happen, so I'm very happy in that regard. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Being quiet and doodling, cooking with your hands or just creating something Sorry, it's a source of a mental health break. How does creating arrangements contribute to your mental health? When things are organized (laughs) and not crazy, then it definitely is therapeutic. But I think uh, I've really been struggling with comments like, oh, you're an entrepreneur, you're your own boss, you're so lucky. Um, that must be so much fun, that looks so glamorous, because all those things are not true. And um, my friend put it in a really easy way. She just said, you know, she worked her way up to where she is now Mm -hmm. in a corporation, but she still gets that all the time. Oh, you're so lucky. Um, And it drives us both nuts because it 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 has nothing to do with luck. We've worked very hard. Again, work. Yeah. Yeah. Like I work 24-7, right? And then the glamorous thing, which kind of goes with this mental health, like, oh, you work with flowers all the time. It must be so therapeutic. And it can be, absolutely. Or when I'm um, working on a project or sketching or Mm -hmm. doing the 
little work that you don't see necessarily in the final result, yeah. that can be therapeutic. But overall, it really isn't glamorous. Like I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of buckets of flowers, which I love. Right. That's the most glamorous part. The rest is, you know, I have these many orders to get out today and I have a consult right after and like I'm getting home a lot of the time um after working like 16 hour days and then still working sometimes when I get home which I know like it's a balancing act always because then sometimes I will just take like two days off in the middle of the week when I can right but um yeah the therapeutic aspect of it it's more so in like little spurts not all day like some people think (laughs) So in a way, it's it it does help you express yourself, and you know you're living your dream of being an artist. But in a different way, it's almost quite the opposite of oh, absolutely. And you know what the most therapeutic thing about it, I would say, is it isn't even about the fact that it's um, like you're saying something that's creative and hands on, and um, but I think with any business, when you set goals. Even if there are these tiny little goals throughout a day and then taking a step back and looking at um, what's come of those goals, whether you've achieved them or they've grown into something else or all these other opportunities, I think that's the most therapeutic aspect because it boosts your self-esteem like no other. You're like, oh my gosh. I did this. (laughs) I did this. (laughs) And at the time, you know, you do have doubts and, um, but it really makes all of it worth it. Yeah. And then it, it, it's like this high on its own you don't mm-hmm. even we don't need cannabis you don't need anything no it's this like exhilarating i am invincible hot because you've yeah. done something you've done something substantial yeah. right even if it doesn't seem like you're doing things substantial every day yeah there's a point for me it was my first style shoot where i was in tears all day really? it was so much work um but when it all came together and the photographer started shooting yeah it was just yeah. randomly bursting into tears and part of it was because you know it was beautiful and probably mm-hmm. I was tired <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my friends were also modeling who were like real life couples and I hope to see them married soon yeah. um but at the core of it it was the proudest I've ever been of myself and seeing you know almost like all the things all the struggles in my life and mm-hmm. how they've all come together to bring me to that point and knowing like this is what I'm meant to do. Right. This is what I've been yeah. put on this earth for. It's those little, I was uh, reading this thing and it was never um, underestimate the work it took to get you there and never ever not celebrate your little milestones. Oh, 100%. No matter how small they yeah. are, you have to appreciate the fact that you worked your butt off at that shoot and you know something beautiful came out of it and you did that and it's something that you should always be proud of oh, totally because if you don't if you don't take the second to really um let yourself celebrate and be present in those moments you won't i, I don't think you will make it because it is so challenging that yeah. if you can't celebrate those moments and really like bask in them mm-hmm. what's going to keep you going and being mindful really in the work that you do and know that if it's making a difference in your life it's going to make a difference in someone else's life yeah just always have fun through it doesn't matter what you're doing (laughs) yeah comes through in your work (laughs) if you're primarily doing it just to pay the bills that also comes through yes right yeah because the passion is not there 
at all. It's survival. <laughs> it is survival. <laughs> and, and, you know, to those that hustles are for survival, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with oh, that. Oh, no. And to be honest, if, you know, you need, like, I still will pick up random side hustles because I never wanted it to be, um, uh, I never wanted that stress of paying bills to be something that, um, affected my work mm-hmm. in Button Bloom, um, and my passion. Because it does. Once you start thinking in survival mode, yeah. you're out of, like, your passion mode. Absolutely. So to make sure that you can pay the bills, like, those hustles are very, very, very valuable. Very, yeah. Absolutely. What would you say is um, a big mental health break thing that you do in your life? Um, well, playing, like, animals like Maya, <laughs> this beautiful puppy. She's been, she's been very good. She has been very good. She's been very good. She has, yes. She has her cameo moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so animals, I mean, I have two cats of my own, and just spending time with them, um, getting out into nature and unplugging is huge for me, because I'm on my phone way more than I ever was just for my personal life. Um little things I and honestly I think this is where it's so funny because I was initially gonna say collaging um wrong with that. <laughs> but it, it's actually how I do my mood boards so okay. it's part of work but when yeah. I can collage just um like I will go home at night I don't I'll consume cannabis throughout the day for my anxiety but it looks very different mm-hmm. um than when I go home and I'm unwinding like yeah. what they would call recreational use and you being elevated or getting right. high. Um, and that's something that I love to do is just sit down, unplug. I have my cats with me yeah. and all these magazines yeah. and I flip through them and whatever. I just like love that day is what gets cut out. And before I know it, I have this whole board. This whole board and before I know it, my crazy brain's like, we're doing another style shoot <laughs> because this board is it's so inspirational. <laughs> so and then it ends up being work. <laughs> It That's doesn't. The thing about like owning your own empire, almost it just it doesn't ever leave you. No. There's always a piece of you that's always somewhere in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what message do you want to send to those who have a misconception surrounding cannabis, whether through consumption or just the n- normal judgment of other people using it or even having it in floral arrangements? Um, my first question to people who are um, reserved. Or, you know, I've, I've had people come up to me and be upset that I'm allowing cannabis to come into the floral world, um, which to each their own, you know, if it's mm-hmm. not for you, it's not for you. But I always ask, uh, do you have a problem with poppies? Because opiates are derived from poppy seeds. Yeah. So if you don't have a problem with poppies being in your arrangement, then there should be no issue with cannabis because it is the leaf. Like, we're not even talking the part that gets you high. Uh, yeah is not in the leaves. You know, THC does exist yes. in the leaves in very small quantities. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, like, that's... My dad, when I first started, tried to tell me that if I smoked the leaves, I would get high. Mm. And I did it. And, I like, granted, I am a cannabis consumer, so the amount of THC in them would not, yeah. you know, impact me to that degree at all. Right. Um... But it, it isn't, it's minuscule in the leaves, and that's why they're not uh, legislated the same as 
The bud. The bud, yeah. right? So, yeah, I would just ask, do you have a problem with poppies? Because that's that's where we got our opium. And they're one of the most common flowers used in floral arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> and really, like, I just, it's amazing to me the, just the overall misconception. Because people think, like, you smoke weed, it's just to get high. Yes. And really, it's cancer treatments. Yeah. It is, they're coming out with a new thing for THC specifically that could help women who have endometriosis. Oh, yeah. That was just in the news. And it's anxiety. It is even self-esteem. Like, it just helps you calm down and take that minute to, you know, find who you are. Yeah. People just jump to the idea that, oh, you're a stoner, you're just you're uneducated, you're not doing anything with your life, where it's just, it's almost sometimes quite the opposite. Oh yeah, people, like, I would be what people consider high throughout the day, working, and no one, no, no one can tell. But it is, I really, I don't like the term high anymore um, for that reason, because it kind of insinuates that you are lazy mm -hmm. and you are not grounded in some way. Mm -hmm. So elevated to me just rings a lot more true because it speaks more to enhancing what's going on, which is what I find cannabis does. Right. You can get to a point where, yes, you are high. To me, being high is when I have consumed so much that I have both a body and head high, mm -hmm. I'm feeling heavier, mm -hmm. and yeah, all I want to do is munch on popcorn and yeah. chocolate and watch movies and yeah i've not consumed uh cannabis a wonderful wonderful figure in the cannabis community is uh miss d and okay. if you haven't heard of her you should go look her up on instagram she's d uh vibes v-i-b-z uh, just a shameless plug in there because she's okay. so great. Um, but she really is passionate about teaching everyone about cannabis in an accessible way. And um, she asks people because her husband um, didn't consume cannabis when they met. And he was totally fine with her uh, consuming. But he asked one night, well, what is it? feel like when you're high yeah and it's such a valuable question and she you know at the uh, symposium conference where i met her she asked us that question how yeah. would you explain it to someone that asked right how she explained it and i like to borrow it because i still haven't really figured it out <laughs> on my own how to put it into words but she explained it to him as um i think we've all been on a swing set as a kid right right or as an adult i love swing sets well, i still okay. don't want them. <laughs> If you are not an adult on a swing set when you see one, then there is something wrong. Right? Yeah. Right? If I can do it, I will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're on a swing set and you get into that momentum and you're at that really beautiful height for, mm -hmm. it, it differs for each person, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, but you're at like that perfect height and you just close your eyes and you hold on to the yeah. chains and lean back and that feeling when you go down. Okay, yeah. And you know the sun is on you. Yeah. Like everything, it just... It's perfect in that It's moment. perfect. And that's yeah. really what um, balanced consumption yeah. looks like to me. When I know I've overconsumed is when I, I, I... Yeah, like I can't move. Yeah. And I'm on the couch going, I guess it's bedtime because... Yeah. This is what I'm yeah, going to do is, now. Yeah, this is what's... Like yeah. it's a lot heavier mm -hmm. to me. Okay. Um, But everyone, they're you know, their metaphors and their experience is going to be a little different. Just like any 
like yes. alcohol or whatever. Yeah. Your consumption level is variant. Yeah, people yeah. have said, you know, depending on the type of alcohol, I'll have, like, oh, if I'm wine drunk, then I get sleepy, or if yeah. I'm beer drunk, this happens. And it's the same thing with cannabis. Um, although we have, you know, different strains. There's, it's... <laughs> different, like, for whatever mood you're in, yes. there is a strain. Yes. yes. And it's going to be, I mean, it's even as a consumer who... Um, started off medicinally and has been consuming for a number of years now. Um, I always am mindful when I start smoking a new cultivar or consuming in a different method. Um, and I basically treat myself as if I were brand new to it by going slow. Um, and it's because you don't, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. So you don't know how you're going to react. Yeah. You don't know the effects. Yeah. yeah. And you want to make sure it's, and I mean, I want to make sure it's enjoyable. So right. and to still be safe. And yeah. Yeah. What are your hopes for Bud and Bloom? Oh, what are my hopes for Bud and Bloom? Like, are we talking like, this year? <laughs> this year, <laughs> next six months to build an empire to, I mean, start slow, just enjoy it. Yeah, I really, I really want to make sure that I enjoy it no matter where it goes. Um, I guess, yeah, my hopes would be that it becomes a really well-respected brand um, and opens up uh, the mindset and the conversation in the cannabis space. What are your top five songs? Just in general? Yeah. What you're feeling right now, anything. Um, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, I just think it's beautiful, yeah. uh, still trying to understand the meaning behind it, I think everyone is. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of, like, what my favorite Billie Eilish song is. I'm more into, like, the strange, dark Billie Eilish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Bury a Friend is yeah. probably, Bury a Friend, however you want to say it, um, is probably my favorite by her. So far, Banana Pancakes by Jack Johnson just makes me happy anytime I listen to it. And, oh, like Everything by Alan Raymond. And, oh, uh, what is this song by Hosier? There's work, there's Take Me to Church, there's... Definitely not Take Me to Church, love it, but <laughs> I've heard it too many um, times. I think it's the work song. Yeah, yeah. That okay. one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good song. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and where can the listeners find Bud and Bloom? Um, so you can find uh, find us on Instagram at bud.bloom.yeg, or you can find our website at www.budbloom.ca. Um, and we are uh, located on the West End, but studio visits are by appointment only. Um, but yeah, if anyone does want to come by and just have coffee and you know, pick my brain about an event or design stuff, yeah. anything, like, just shoot us an email and, yeah, set up an appointment, you can come visit. Perfect. I will put all your information in the description for this episode. Thank you. So people can find you. Nora, I want to thank you so much for introducing me to Maya and absolutely <laughs> being on the podcast today. It was so great just to sit down and talk with you. It was. And thank I'm you more. for having me. It's yeah. always so humbling when people ask. <laughs> of course. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to What's Your Hustle? Created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussain. 
Be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Hustle Podcast. Subscribe, listen, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. And until next time, whatever your hustle is, you got this.